Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show. We cover soccer in Atlanta, all over the state, all over the region, all over the country and beyond. That's what we do on AST. Lots of Atlanta United stuff to talk about. We're also going to get caught up on the rest of the MLS picture. And then you guys know how we finish things up, the 3-4-3, where it can go anywhere in the world for those things that give you the local ties, those big stories that you need to know everywhere, and also those things that put a smile on your face about this game that we love so much. So let's start with Atlanta United because it was an eventful week last week for the Five Stripes. A 1-1 draw in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday night. A game where they had the goal to start things. They had the lead and they couldn't hold it. And I don't know, 1-1 kind of felt like the right result in this one. A very quick turn to host Montreal on Saturday. And that was a dominant performance. It was one that... Look, we've seen how this plays out sometimes where you dominate the game 30 minutes without a goal. You're going and going and going, and then you have that lull, and you get punished the other way. That didn't happen here. Atlanta United got the goal, then got another one really quickly. Then they did concede, but then a early goal in the second half, and they put the game away. 4-1 winners over Montreal. 1-1 draw in D.C., Go back to the weekend prior, and you're talking about a week, eight days, seven points, three positive results. Atlanta United, since the League's Cup break, four, one, and two. One of just a handful of teams that are averaging two points per game since the return of MLS regular season play. Now, Let's hear from the captain, Brad Gazan, after the 4-1 win against Montreal with his thoughts. Yeah, listen, that's that's obviously uh, priority number one, uh, but now we've got to try and finish as high as we can. We, we know that home field advantage is, is huge for us, um, and so we want to try and finish uh, in those top spots to, to be able to, to have that advantage. Brad was asked about qualifying for the playoffs, which, look, it, it's it's on the checklist. Don't get me wrong. It really wasn't what I was thinking about going into this game on Saturday. It hasn't been what I've been thinking about for a while because I guess I've kind of taken it for granted that this is a playoff team. And and look, I understand they didn't make the playoffs last year. They didn't make it in 2020. I, I get it. I understand that getting to the playoffs, it's it's an accomplishment. It's, it, it's again, it's something to check off the list. But this team, to me, isn't defined by just getting to the playoffs. That's not the expectation. It wasn't before the summer transfer window that brought in a lot of new faces that have changed the look of this team. Just getting to the playoffs, I expected that. I expected it before the additions. I expected it afterwards. I'm looking at where they can get to in the table. This is a team that is playing at a level worthy of a major league soccer championship. They're playing that well. Now look, 
it's not going to be easy to get home field advantage in the East, let alone get all the way through and win MLS Cup. This is a super competitive conference. But you've got to take care of what you can take care of at this point. And that is three games to go, two on the road, one at home, all against difficult teams. Two of them you are tied with on points. Philadelphia Union, Columbus Crew. One of them is ahead of everybody on points, and that's FC Cincinnati. What have we learned about this team in the last week since we were last here on AST last Tuesday? I think we've learned that this is a team that needs to play with a swagger. This is a team that needs to play, I think, with their foot on the gas at all times. And that's very difficult to do because you just naturally have those moments in matches. Brad Gazan talked about it. Gonzalo Pineda's talked about it where you're a step slow to close out a cross. You're a step slow to get close to a runner. You're a step slow in making the run off the ball. These moments happen in games, and I think this is a team that struggles in those moments. They need to find ways to keep their foot on the gas. I think one way to do that is some rotation at times and keeping players fresh, and Gonzalo Pineda has the ability to do that in some very key spots on the field. The wingers, for example, and we've talked about this quite a bit. Saba Lobjanitsa, Edwin Mosquera, Sean De Silva, Tyler Wolf, all of them contributed to goals in this past two-game stretch. Every single one of them. That's amazing. That is amazing with this team and where they are to have four different wingers that are all capable of starting, and all of them are contributing to goals being scored. I mean, we can't say enough about Thiago Almada and where he's at. You're not going to pull him off the field unless you absolutely have to. Same with Yorgos Yakamakis. The midfield, Tristan Muyamba, Mateus Hosechu. I think we've seen Jay Fortune become a player that Gonzalo Pineda trusts. We knew he liked him. Gonzalo has talked about Jay Fortune for two years now and what he can bring to this team. I think now you're starting to see Jay Fortune be trusted in key moments with this team. The way this midfield plays with Muyamba and Hosechu, and Hosechu is the six in that, that pairing. Muyamba is the eight. You can put whatever numbers you want on it. You can put whatever roles you want on it. They're somewhat interchangeable. And Fortune gives you a perfect fit into that because Jay Fortune can be a six. He can be an eight. He can play either side of that duo, depending on what you need. He's a player who can contribute in the attacking half and in the final third, and we've seen that in his career. He's also a player that can be physical and defensive and get stuck into a tackle when he needs to do that. I think the two-way ability of Jay Fortune is going to be something that we will see as the year goes on And do not be surprised if there are key moments in these next three regular season games or in the postseason that Jay Fortune is called upon to do a job. I think Gonzalo Pineda believes in him and believes that he can get that job done. The back line. I think this back line is as solid as you're going to be right now. And you have some depth in Ronald Hernandez at a fullback position. He can play on either side. In Juan Oporata, who can come in and be a third center back when needed. I think he can play for either Miles Robinson or Luisa Brom when needed. But this back four is your best quartet defensively. And I think we've seen a dramatic improvement in the level of defending from this group since Caleb Wiley and Brooks Lennon moved back to fullback and Luisa Brom became the starter at center back. Abram is playing at the level that he's capable of. I think it's been a little minute since he had done that on a regular basis. He's doing that now. Wiley and Lennon are as good of a fullback as you're going to find in this league. Brooks Lennon, I've said it before. I will say it again. Hopefully I don't have to say it for all that much longer because at some point this man deserves his flowers. He deserves his acclaim. He deserves to be in the conversation for MLS best 11 in 2023 And yes, he deserves to be brought back into a U.S. men's national team camp. He deserves to be under consideration for next year's Olympics, maybe as an overage player, 
depending on what is needed with that group. Brooks Lennon is a guy who just puts his head down and works. He is a steadily improving defensive fullback, and we know what he can do in the attacking third. We know he can get you goals. He's got four of those this year. Of course we know about his service and what he does from a playmaking ability. He has 10 assists. But what you're seeing from Lennon since this group has been together, now you're seeing some of the tactical IQ of Brooks Lennon coming inside, knowing when to come inside, knowing when to make those runs out wide, knowing how to manipulate space on the field to better his team's position. Brooks Lennon is one of the hardest working players in the league. He's one of the smartest players in this team. And Brooks Lennon is a player that does not get enough love locally or nationally. Give that man some respect. Acknowledge Brooks Lennon. That's what I'm begging. Uh, also acknowledge Mateus Osetsu. Because if there's anything we've learned over this last stretch of games, it's how good Mateus Hosechu is as a central midfielder. And I know, I'm sure there's people already throwing their hands up in the air and yelling because he doesn't score enough goals. That's not what he's here for. He's playing a six now. He's not playing an eight. He's playing the six. Yes, he can get forward when he needs to. Yes, and he's going to need to do that at times. I said coming into the year, I hoped that we would see six goal contributions from him. That's goals plus assists. We're not going to see that, I don't think. I think his role has changed as the year has gone on. He's got a goal. He's got an assist. But let's go back to Saturday night for Mateo Sosetsu. 79 of 83 passing. 95%. 93 touches. You know you can trust him anywhere on the field, on the ball. He's not going to give the ball up. Only one long ball. And this is another credit to the way this team is playing right now. You don't need the six to hit those big switches and those big, long, diagonal balls if you're playing the way that Atlanta United's playing. One long pass. That's a pass over 30 yards. One, one. Out of ninety or out of eighty-three, one. That's all that was needed. He completed it, by the way. Uh, one of one on the dribble. Okay, he won five of his eight ground duels. He had four tackles. He only was dribbled past twice. This is a player in Mateus Hosechu who is going to go unnoticed a lot of times. He's going to fly under the radar. But you don't get Tristan Muyamba into some of the positions that you want to get him into if Hosechu doesn't do the job. You don't get Sean De Silva and Saba Lobjanidze into positions that you want to if Hosechu doesn't do the job. He is a vital player in this team. And I think you saw when he came on in D.C., the team looked better. And I think you see how important he is from an offensive and from a defensive perspective. Now let's hear from Gonzalo Pineda. It's two answers to this, and there's a little bit of a break in between. The first one, he's asked about getting to the playoffs and, and what that means. And the second one is what is going to happen over these next, now it's, it's about a week, to prepare for Philadelphia. Here's Gonzalo Pineda on Saturday night. Yeah, it's very meaningful, of course, 31 games, and, and we got it, especially after last year we didn't achieve that. Uh, for me, for Atlanta, should be the minimum requirement of of, of uh, season. Uh, so, of course, I'm very happy. I think kudos to to the club, to the staff, to the players. Um, they've been doing an amazing job. But again, for me, we barely start to to see what we can do. So many things to come, and and this is a good goal. But there are many more to come. But at some point, once we are closer to Philadelphia's game, I'm going to try to to continue with moving the ball fast. For me, moving the ball fast, especially when the teams start to press us, is pivotal for the style of the team. Because more and more teams are going to try to press us, and then we have to be faster in the way we we disrupt the midfield. Because now we know that we have that speed on the flanks and that creativity. So uh, moving the ball faster is going to be one of my emphasis, the fluidity in midfield. So uh, those are areas of improvement. We'll go back to Mateus Hosechu moving the ball fast. He has that ability. And it doesn't always have to be long to move the ball fast. I think with the way this team is, especially on the dribble, 
you don't need to play a bunch of long balls and get Shandi Silva and Saba Lobjanidze into aerial duels. That, that's not where they're they're strong at. That's not where Edwin Mosquera is going to thrive. It's not where Tyler Wolf's going to thrive. You want the ball on the ground to both of them. You want it played to them quickly. You want them to be able to run at defenders quickly. Playing fast is a very important thing when you prepare to, prepare to play a team like Philadelphia, a team like Cincinnati, and a team like Columbus as well. They're all different in the way that they defend, but playing quickly and with the quality on the ball that Atlanta United has going to be a very difficult team to defend. Philadelphia, by the way, has a very busy schedule leading into their home match with Atlanta United next Wednesday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Eastern Conference playoff picture. We'll talk about the Western Conference playoff picture and maybe some of the individual awards as well that could be coming down to the wire. All that's coming up in five minutes on Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. It's Atlanta Soccer Tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore, and this is what we do on Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday, 10 o'clock, except for when the Hawks might bump us a little bit time-wise. We talk soccer. We talk Atlanta United. We talk about the local scene. We talk about MLS, and we talk about what's happening in the game around the world. Also, make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts or on the Odyssey app to Off the Woodwork. That is where you get all of our soccer content here on 92.9 The Game. Now, let's get caught up on some MLS conversations, if you will. Supporter Shield, one of the major trophies. The least important, I think, of the major trophies that a team can win in a given season, and now even lower on the totem pole because of League's Cup. The MLS Cup title, that's your champion. That's the number one trophy, obviously. League's Cup, you could argue that's number two. You might say the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup is number two. The other one's number three. I think Supporter Shield has fallen down behind both of those because you don't have a balanced schedule in MLS. And it's not even semi-balanced in the sense that you play every team at least once. You don't do that now because of the size of the league. And and look, it's 
it's kind of unfair to teams that win the Supporters' Shield now that we take shots at them for that, not for winning the Supporters' Shield, but saying their trophy isn't as important as some others. If you're FC Cincinnati, you do not care what anybody has to say. They're about to win their first trophy in their five-year MLS history, and wooden spoons do not count as things that they won. They're about to win the Supporters' Shield. They could do that in match day 35. Now, one of the big reasons why is Luciano Acosta. 27 goal contributions in 2023. That leads MLS. I think he is the leader in the Landon Donovan MLS MVP race. He's got 15 goals to go as part of those 27 goal contributions. 15 goals, 12 assists is a pretty good year. Now, Tiago Almada is right there with him in terms of goal contributions. He's at 10 and 16 for 26. This could change between now and decision day and when these votes get tabulated. It could. I think because Cincinnati's going to win the Supporters' Shield, being the best team in the regular season, and Acosta has been so vital to them, I think Luciano Acosta is going to beat out Tiago Almada for the MVP award. They're both incredibly valuable to their teams. There's no arguing it. Typically, it feels like if you have a dominant player on a dominant team, that player wins it. Now, if Tiago goes off in these last three games and, and Luciano doesn't really add a whole lot to his stat sheet, maybe we're having a different conversation. I think right now it's Luciano Acosta's MVP to win. Now, playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Six teams have already clinched a postseason berth. Three spots up for grabs. Cincinnati, Atlanta, Columbus, Orlando, New England, Philadelphia. All have secured their spot. So that's everybody on 49 points and up. They have their spot in the playoffs. There is one spot that is not a wild card spot that is still up for grabs. That one is seventh place. Nashville, they have a seven-point cushion on avoiding the wild card play-in game. Nashville's going to the playoffs. Nothing to worry about there. Now, the wild card spot. This is where it gets a little tricky. Montreal on 37 points. They're in eighth due to having more wins than New York City, who is also on 37 points. 11 wins to eight for Montreal. Those are your wild cards right now. Montreal's played 30 games. NYC has played 31. DC has also played 31. They are one point back. Red Bulls have only played 30. They are three points out of the spot as is Chicago, and they have the exact same record at 8, 12, and 10. Charlotte, four points back, and they have only played 29 games. So Charlotte has an opportunity, if they can turn some of these draws. Now, they lost in Cincinnati over the weekend, but 12 draws for Charlotte. They can turn some draws into wins. Charlotte can get into the postseason. Miami can still get into the postseason. They are five points out. They have also only played 29 games. They have the win tiebreaker against Charlotte if it comes down to those two. Miami, if they do what they have to do to get into the postseason, they would have the win tiebreaker over anyone but Montreal, I would assume. Montreal has 11 wins. They have the most by far of any of these teams we're talking about. Miami's next with nine, tied with D.C. Charlotte, for example, has one more point, but two fewer wins because of all those draws. That win tiebreaker could really come in handy here. Now, over in the West, eight of the nine playoff spots are for the taking right now because the West is a little bit different than the East this year. St. Louis has clinched their playoff spot. They're eight points up in first place in the West. LAFC, Seattle, and Houston are the next three. They've got first-round home field advantage. RSL, Portland, and Vancouver are the next three. They're avoiding the wild card, and it's San Jose and Dallas in the wild card spot. Just to keep this in mind, though, Dallas is in ninth place on 39 points. LAFC is in second on 45 points. That's six points from second to ninth. 
it's going to get jumbled up a little bit more. And Portland is one that has jumbled it up quite a bit. They've won four in a row to get to sixth place. They're on 42 points. They're three points out of second. And they fired Giovanni Savarese. And I'll put my hand up. I thought they had made a big mistake there because I didn't see them getting into the playoffs anyway. And I thought Gio deserved the opportunity to basically walk away on his own. They made the move at the right time. Miles Joseph has got them going right now. And they are three points out of second place. They are in a playoff spot for now. Now, they haven't sealed anything yet because they're only four points up on Sporting Kansas City, who is in 10th. SKC is one point out of the final wild card spot. Minnesota, two points out of the final wild card spot. Austin, four points back. LA Galaxy, five points back. And remember, Austin and the LA Galaxy played that rain-delayed or lightning-delayed match on Sunday night that Austin had a 3-1 lead and gave up two very late goals to the Galaxy, who desperately needed something out of the game. They got a point, but Austin could be two points out of a playoff spot. Instead, they are four points out of a playoff spot. Now, I said we'd look at a couple other things rather than just the playoffs as well. We talked about MVP. I think Lucho Acosta is going to lead that right now, but Tiago Almada is right there as well. The Golden Boot Race. You have three players tied on 15 goals at the moment in MLS. Luciano Acosta is one of them. Yorgos Yakimakis is one of them, and he's played the fewest minutes of any of these players by far. Hani Mukhtar is also on 15 goals. He has 10 assists. He has done the double-double. Behind that, Dennis Boanga is on 14. Christian Benteke, Daniel Gazdag, Cucho Hernandez, and Alan Polito are all on 13 goals. To find someone who is next on the list at any point who has played as few minutes as Yorgos Yakimakis, you are going all the way down to Leo Campana on nine goals. That's the only player who has nine goals or more that has played fewer minutes than Yorgos Yakimakis this year. 24 games, 18 starts. 1,552 minutes for Yorgos. He is tied for the Golden Boot race. We will see if he can win a Golden Boot. The assist crown right now, that's Tiago Almadas. He's two up on Herrera from Houston. Heel from New England is on 13, three back, and Acosta is four back on 12. Key passes. Another thing that's interesting to me, Almada's third in the league. Christian Espinoza, San Jose, leads the league in created chances. I wanted to get into a couple other players who are having great years as well because this is going to be an interesting best 11 and awards season. Acosta, Almada, Hani Mukhtar, I think those are your three real competitors for MVP. Mukhtar is the defending MVP. Acosta and Almada are a step ahead of him, in my opinion, this year. But when you look at things like the average SOFA score rating, which SOFA scores ratings, if you don't know, are based on a whole series of stats. It's based on their performance. It's not a subjective thing. Carlos Heel has the best rating of anyone this season. Lucas Elleron was second, but he's, he's left Columbus by this point. Almada is next, ahead of Acosta, barely. It's 7.73 to 7.72. Take a coin flip. But Heel is a player who is having a year that is of the same level as an Almada and an Acosta. Maybe not quite as much production from Carlos Heel, but he's not going to get ahead of those guys when it comes to a best 11. They'll both be part of the best 11. Ryan Gold, another playmaker in this league for Vancouver. Right there. Not going to get the love that he deserves for an incredible year because of how much Almada and Acosta have been even better. Hector Herrera in the midfield for Houston, playing in a deeper role. He will be in a best 11, in my opinion. Cucho Hernandez will be part of the conversation for best 11, but Yorgos Yakimakis will be as well up top. Ricky Pooch, it's a shame that the LA Galaxy have been so bad this year because Pooch has been outstanding. Kai Wagner and Alvaro Barreal are your real contenders for left back when it comes to the best 11 this year. I think Brooks Lennon is a very strong contender for right back. Um, Jesus Ferreira, Christian Espinoza, great seasons. Espinoza could likely be a winger on the best 11 side this year. Julian Gressel's having a great year. Started in Vancouver. He's moved over to Columbus. He is in the top 15 in SOFA score ranking. 
Edward Leuven of St. Louis, somebody who will probably get some love when it comes to the best 11 voting. Christian Benteke, we've talked about him. He scored a lot of goals for D.C. United. He will be in the mix. I don't think he'll be on the first, on the best 11, maybe on the second team. Aiden Morris has been a little more up and down this year, but he's had some really good moments. He'll be in the conversation in that holding midfield. Gaston Brugman for the LA Galaxy, another big addition for them late last season. That's two players in the top 17, according to SofaScore, in the individual player ratings, and the LA Galaxy are not good this season. Tells you a lot about the rest of that team. I think Atlanta United is looking at three possibilities for the best 11. Brooks Lennon, Yorgos Yakimakis, and Tiago Almada is a lock for the best 11. It's been that kind of a year. Um, Caleb Wiley will be in consideration for the MLS best under 22, something that they do, and I think is actually coming up pretty soon here. I think Caleb Wiley is probably in your top five, at least he should be, when it comes to best players in Major League Soccer under the age of 22. He's played the most minutes of anyone under the age of 20 in the league. And he's been outstanding, especially as of late, where I think he has found another level to his game. It's been very, very impressive, Caleb Wiley. Uh, I don't think he's going to get into that best 11 consideration because of Barreal and Wagner. He might be the third best left back in the league in a league that has a good number of good left backs. Lennon at right back should be in that. Yakimakis will definitely be in the conversation. There's a lot of good forwards in the league, but if Yakimakis wins a golden boot, he's on the best 11. And Tiago Almada, there's no way at all that he is missing out on the MLS Best 11. It's going to be fun when we get into award season. I'm sure there's going to be some choices that uh, rile folks up, and I'm sure there's going to be some choices that might just provoke a lot of controversy. You wouldn't have MLS awards if you don't have a little controversy, would you? All right, coming up next, the 3-4-3. Three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that we love so much. It's the 3-4-3 in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four. Three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. 343 time on AST on 92.9, the game, and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore, and y'all know how this goes by now. Three local stories, four headlines. 
three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Let's start with the local, and let's start with number one, the outstanding freshman forward for Georgia State, Aliyah Fadul. Three goals, one assist, contributed to every goal her team scored last week in two wins, and she was recognized on the Top Drawer Soccer Team of the Week. She was also named the Sun Belt's Offensive Player of the Week. That's the second time already this season that Aliyah Fadul has earned that honor. A player that you must watch for the Georgia State Panthers. They're back in action Friday night, 7 o'clock, hosting Texas State. If you can't make it out to the GSU Soccer Complex, you can watch on ESPN+, Plus, where I'll have the call. Speaking of which, number two on the local side tonight, I just returned from the Georgia State's men's match tonight against Lipscomb. And what a game this one was. Simon Carlson opened the scoring for Georgia State early. Lipscomb found the equalizer, one of the leading scorers in the country this year. Tyree Spicer made it 1-1. Lipscomb scored two goals early in the second half to go up 3-1. Malachi Jones with an incredible turn to score to make it 3-1. It looks like the Bisons are going to take care of their business, right? Not so fast. Georgia State, Justin McLean, former Atlanta United Academy player from the penalty spot after earning the penalty himself. And then the equalizer. It was Mario Arrocha, the grad student from Madrid, Spain, who it seems like he only scores bangers. He had a golazo against Kentucky last year in the first minute of that match. This one, it's very different. It might be even better. It was a cross from freshman Oliver Hlinson to the just outside the top of the six. Arrocha doesn't try to bring it down and control it. He goes full volley on a cross from, I'm thinking, maybe 35 to 40 yards out because it was a little bit deeper from Hlinson. And Arrocha rips this volley. No chance for the goalkeeper. That made it 3-3. Both teams had opportunities for a winner because there were still about 10 minutes to play. It ended up finishing 3-3. These are two teams who their records don't match their quality. I think they've had a lot of tight games. They've dropped a game. I think both teams probably have dropped one. They're they're frustrated that they dropped. But these are two teams with only three wins on the season, a number of draws, a ton of goals when it comes to Lipscomb. These are fun teams to watch. So Lipscomb in the A-Sun, they are 2-0 and in the conference. Georgia State, 1-0-1 and in the Sun Belt, and it gets more difficult for them as they welcome West Virginia to Atlanta in the GSU Soccer Complex on Saturday. 2 o'clock kick, so if you're a big-time Panthers athletic fan, it's a perfect day for you because you can go to the GSU Soccer Complex, watch Georgia State and West Virginia in a huge Sun Belt game, and then you can go tailgate and then go watch the undefeated football Panthers as they host a 7 o'clock kick at Center Park Stadium. So you're in good shape if you're a Georgia State fan this weekend. Number three on the local side, other local college teams. They're getting love in the United Soccer Coaches polls. The, the USC, it's the former NSCAA. I really wish they would change the name of the organization again. I hate that they, they changed it in the first place. But United Soccer Coaches, it's like we need a – federation or association or something at the end of it because it feels weird when you say it that way and if you just call it usc then you're getting all kinds of confused with southern cal and south carolina and they're gonna fight you so in the polls that the usc puts together let's start from smaller to bigger let's go naia first georgia gwinnett their women ranked number 21 coming into the week however they lost a tight one tonight at home against number 16 cumberland SCAD and Savannah ranked number 12. Truett McConnell ranked number 22 in NAIA women's matches. On the men's side, Georgia Gwinnett ranked number 12. Life University ranked number 18. But it's Dalton State, the Roadrunners, ranked number two in the country in NAIA on the men's side. D3, NCAA, on the women's side, Emory. Number 15 in the country. They were on the road tonight at Swanee in Tennessee. The men for Emory, they've moved up nine spots to number 10. They're back in action on Sunday at Washington University in St. Louis. On the D2 side, Clayton State's men, 
They're number 14 in the country, up two spots. They're on a five-game winning streak, and they have a really interesting game tomorrow afternoon, 5 o'clock in Morrow hosting North Georgia. Now, speaking of North Georgia, their women are ranked number 19 in the country. They're 5-0-2 this season. They will be in Morrow on Saturday at 5.30 to face Clayton State, whose women's team is steadily improving. It's a tough challenge for the Lakers. I'll be on the call for that one. Go to Clayton State's athletics website to find the link for it. And on the D1 side, none of the men's teams in D1 are challenging for the top 25. Georgia's women fell out of the top 25. They lost at home to LSU last week, but they followed that up with a win at Missouri on Sunday on the road. Now, they host Vandy on Friday at 6 o'clock. Let's get into headlines. Four from around the world. We're going to stay a little local for the first few anyway. The fight to host the 2026 World Cup final. So last week you saw FIFA president Johnny Infantino at a Dallas Cowboys game. You have also seen him in other places. New York City is one that has tried to woo Mr. Infantino and FIFA. They'd like to host the World Cup final. Jerry Jones in Dallas, they want to host the World Cup final. Los Angeles, they want to host the World Cup final. Now, they've hosted a men's World Cup final and a women's World Cup final. They want another one. It's an interesting battle when you really get into it between these three. New York City, largest metropolitan area in the United States. We know that. It's one of the most known cities worldwide. It's easily accessible for international travelers. you got all the corporate money that's going to sell all those suites, all the sponsorships. L.A., they're not hurting in that regard either. SoFi Stadium, now they would have to increase their capacity by 10,000 seats to meet the requirement. You have to have 80,000 seats to host a World Cup final. SoFi would need another 10,000 seats. It's a $5 billion stadium. It would probably be the nicest venue to ever host a World Cup final. Um, You know the tickets are going to sell. You're not worried about that. I'm still blown away that when SoFi Stadium was being constructed, they didn't think of these things. Uh, I think you're going to have to widen the field there as well. It's just like, how do you not consider that? Um, Dallas, Jerry Jones, they are really working hard to jump L.A. and New York in this regard. Now, internationally, Dallas is the least known of the three. That's going to hurt them a little bit because this is FIFA deciding this. But Dallas is doing the wooing right now. You've got AT&T Stadium. 100,000 people you can have in there. They've hosted a Super Bowl. They've hosted a college football playoff national championship game. They've hosted a WrestleMania. They've hosted the Final Four. They have that giant video board. And here's the most important thing. Actually, there's two. One, they have more luxury suites than just about any other stadium. FIFA likes that. The most important thing that Dallas has, a retractable roof. And you know how hot it is in the summer now. You know how much hotter it has gotten in the summers. 2026 is a few years away. It could be almost impossible to play this game at a time that is at its best for the overwhelming majority of viewers, which is not necessarily going to be in the United States. When you think about Europe and what time do games typically kick off for prime time in Europe, You'd love to have it kick off at 2.30 Eastern time. That would be 7.30 in Western Europe and and go back from there. You would love to be in that kind of a window, a 3 o'clock kick, a 2.30 kick, somewhere in that ballpark. You want to play in New York at 3 o'clock in late July? That's going to be a little hot. You want to play in L.A. at that time? It's going to be pretty warm. Kind of nice when you have a retractable roof, huh? I think Dallas is going to get the World Cup final, and I think New York and L.A. are going to get semifinals. If a semifinal gets delayed because of weather, because of a storm, okay. A final, you can't risk it, and I think you're going to put it in a stadium with a roof, and Dallas is the only one that has that out of the three that are competing for this final. I think the final is going to be in Dallas, and I think there's going to be a lot of people surprised. You shouldn't be. Number two in the headlines, Lamar Hunt, U.S. Open Cup Final tomorrow night in Fort Lauderdale. Ben Olsen's Houston Dynamo taking on Tata Martino's Inter-Miami. We don't know if Messi's going to play. We don't know if he's going to start. We don't know if he's going to come off the bench. He reportedly trained in an individual workout today. There were pictures of him training, so he wasn't there when the media was there, and then he was there later. 
I don't know what the situation is at this point. Sounds like Jordi Alba is not going to play. Sounds like Sergio Busquets is going to play. This is a Houston team. Don't sleep on them. They have been as good as Atlanta United has been, averaging two points per game since the League's Cup break. Hector Herrera, MVP candidate. He's had that kind of a year. Uh, at home, Houston's great. On the road, going to be difficult. But Ben Olsen is dead on when he says this. Certainly the pressure will be on them. They'll, they'll be at home. They'll be the favorites. We're used to that. We kind of live in that space anyway. So nothing will change as far as where the expectations are from outside Houston and our locker room. Nobody's expecting Houston to win this game. That's a perfect setup for Ben Olsen and his team. I would not be surprised at all if the Dynamo win. I think this is going to be a very tight game. I think it's going to go to extra time. I don't know how much Messi's going to be able to go. I think Houston can win it, and I'm actually going to pick the Dynamo to win the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup and shock the world, or at least the hemisphere that we are in. Number three on the headlines, Canada and Jamaica. Women's Olympic qualifier second leg was tonight in Toronto. Canada won the first leg in Kingston, Jamaica last week 2-0. However, in the second leg, Jamaica got the first goal, Drew Spence, who had a great World Cup. She scored in the 33rd minute in Toronto. Canada, full credit to the defending gold medal winners. They came back really well after conceding that goal. They leveled the match just a few minutes later in the 40th minute, restored their two-goal lead on aggregate, Chloe Lacasse. And then in the 49th minute, Jordan Hitima got the goal that clinches it for Canada to go to the Olympics next summer and defend their gold medals. Now, this is one internationally you might not have heard about, the crisis at Ajax. So Sunday, their Eredivisie match against arch-rivals Feyenoord, it was suspended 11 minutes into the second half. Disgruntled Ajax fans threw flares onto the pitch. When they were thrown onto the pitch for a second time, many landing near the goal, the referee stopped the game, directed players down the tunnel. That's the rules now in the first division in the Netherlands because this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, the interim Ajax CEO... Jan Verhalst said, one of the most important games in the Netherlands is discontinued. Everyone is angry and sad because of this. Ajax are 13th place out of 18 teams. They've only got one win this season. They're not playing very well. They finished third last year, which isn't very good for them. They failed to qualify for the Champions League for the first time in 13 years. This game is the latest to be abandoned in Dutch football. They are dealing with issues with fan behavior. The Dutch Federation, the KNVB, they instituted a rule that suspends any match for 10 minutes after an object is thrown by fans onto the field. When it's been restarted for the second time, any further objects thrown will cause the match to be abandoned. Now, caretaker Dutch Justice Minister Dilan Jezilgos Zegeris said in a message on the former Twitter, This no longer has anything to do with football and being a supporter. You play with the safety of the players, fellow supporters, and yourself. Shame on you. Now, Ajax, who has an interim CEO, they announced on Sunday after this that they had parted ways with their director of football, Sven Misenthat. They did that in, with immediate effect. He was appointed in May. It's a very short-lived run for him. You have a lot of interims at Ajax. You have a lot of issues at Ajax, and I don't know how they're going to fix this at this point. Sounds like this game is going to be picked up in the 56th minute and finished behind closed doors. Embarrassing for a club like Ajax. Three things that make me smile about the game quickly. Number one, Andre Pierre Gignac at Tigres. He scored to become the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Clásico Regio as part of Tigres' 3-0 win over Rayados. This guy's 37 years old. He's tied for second place in the Golden Boot Race in Liga MX. Tigres are sitting third. They're probably going to climb that table. Now, tomorrow they play LAFC in the Campeones Cup. Gignac is just an amazing player, total one-of-a-kind. Number two on things that make me smile. The Seattle Sounders branding refresh. I actually really like it. This is ahead of their 50th anniversary next year as a brand. They, remember, they didn't play as an entity for all of that time. They unveiled a brand evolution. It's a new crest. I like it. It's simple. It works. The associated marks I love. They're, they're throwbacks, a lot of them, to history. Some of them are brand new, but you've got the Orca from kind of the 90s Sounders. You've got the old word mark from the old NASL Sounders. Really impressive. I was skeptical when I heard they were going to do this. I kind of thought, why do you need to do it? It's impressive that they did it in such a good way. Good job for the Seattle Sounders on their branding refresh. 
refresh. And then number three on things that make me smile, Thursday. It is the 55th anniversary of the Atlanta Chiefs winning the first North American Soccer League title. The first major professional sporting championship for the city of Atlanta. And a team that was, look, ahead of its time. They won that title. The league barely survived. The Chiefs folded a few years later, came back again from 1979 to 81. But in both eras, they planted so many seeds that are blooming today. And we're not where we are with soccer in Atlanta if the Atlanta Chiefs didn't do things so well in their first two years to introduce the game to so many people in Atlanta and in the state and all over the region. We don't have an Atlanta soccer tonight if we don't have the Atlanta Chiefs in 1967, 1968, and winning that title in 1968. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight, Wednesday, stoppage time, 2 o'clock on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page, myself and Mike Conti, and then next Tuesday, AST live on the road from Philadelphia ahead of Atlanta United and the Philadelphia Union, a big-time measuring stick match in MLS next, not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday. You got stoppage time, you got AST between now and then. Thanks for hanging out with me. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.